Hey guys, it's Maura here. Hey, and it's Sarah. How are you today? Uh, it's been a long week. It's been some sad girl oh. hours. <laughs> oh no, oh no. Yeah, oh. how have you been? <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's been kind of, a, I don't know, it's been okay, I guess. Yeah. It, it, I, I felt like it went fast, mm-hmm. but um, actually- I agree day, with that, yeah. Yeah, it went fast, but it, it feels like a lot happened this week. So my nanny kids were supposed to go back to school next week, but they pushed it back because of COVID. So that'll be more more time at home, which is fine. Um, we've got a good routine going, but it'll just be a little, it's kind of stressful at times, but what do you, what do, you do? <clears throat> keeps, well, yeah. It keeps life interesting. So. Oh, definitely. And working with kids, it's always gonna like be busy and stressful. Mm-hmm. I got a milk frother for Christmas. <gasps> and so, uh huh. And so I've been trying out like different coffees. I use mostly half and half, actually. Okay. I really like half and half. So right now I'm drinking. I bought an AeroPress and What's I also that? bought one of those little Italian coffee espresso makers. But I've only been, I've only had time to use the AeroPress so far, which is good, but um, it makes coffee really fast, which is what I want. And then and yeah, some froth half and half on top of that. Oh my gosh, it is <laughs> fine. It's so good. This is gonna totally change my. Coffee is that game. how you want your man to be fine? You're like, oh, this is fine. It's just so good. <laughs> oh, I can't do this every. I won't be able to do this every day because in the morning. <laughs> In the morning, I just like I'm not a person until I have coffee, and at that point, it's just like get up, get the just just get the caffeine and go. So I usually just do plain brewed coffee, usually on a pour over, and then some half and half and go. But this yeah. will be my luxury, my new luxury <laughs> weekend coffee. I'm excited about it. Yeah, and I'm just having water. Nice. Yeah, I had That's tea probably. at home. Yeah, I'm actually recording a new place. I have a friend that's being very generous and offering me mm-hmm. his home. <laughs> And he's reading in the corner. <laughs> <laughs> this is my second of this. It's a like it's a large size coffee mm-hmm. cup. In case you can't see yeah. me, <laughs> but uh, so there's like yeah for three... everyone that can't see Sarah. <laughs> oh well, I made three three <clears throat> shots of espresso in my first one, and three shots of espresso in this one. I'm interested to see what will happen. I just like I also want to practice making coffee, but then I need to drink it because don't want it to go to waste. Right, so, right. But then you might be overly caffeinated, but you have to like get through that phase of being overly caffeinated to get the right flavor and just the right amount. Mm-hmm. And then you can kind of like wean yourself off and just be having the right amount every day. I don't do like I might do mm-hmm. like a sprinkle cinnamon on top or like mm-hmm. cocoa or something. I don't do like super. I don't like super sweet coffee. I like it to be creamy, like creamy and still taste like coffee. I don't drink coffee. So like, I mean, I used to drink tea like a dessert. <laughs> Really? Tea yeah. for dessert? Like, like tea, well, that's how my aunt talks about it because like adding like a bunch of sugar, adding milk. And then I couldn't, I realized when I was about 19 that I couldn't, well, I think I was 20. I was 20 okay. and I found out that I couldn't have dairy because oh. I had a lot of, I had a lot of problems. And then I was like, okay, what's with this? I had a lot of sinus issues. And then I looked it up. I'm like, okay, well, it looks like it says that dairy products can increase sinus issues. So let's try giving up all dairy products for two weeks and see what happens. Oh my gosh, it changed my life and I could breathe through my nose and smell things. Wow. Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. And now I have a snort when I laugh. 
that I never had before. That's insane. And then um, I do try to like, so then I try to switch to almond milk, but like, it's like creamy products in general can do that, but it's more so with milk products. So now I, um, I really don't enjoy black tea. And that's what I used to drink. Now I drink green tea without any milk or sugar. And I drink that for the health benefits, not because I actually enjoy it that much. Okay. I mean, I've, 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 I have acquired a taste for it, but that's one, like, that's one of the things that I, there are some things that I would like, be like, I don't need to acquire a taste for this. And this is one of the things from like, you know what? It's not alcohol. I like, it's fine if I acquire a taste for it. It's not like yeah. it will do anything bad to me. Yeah. I guess I should let you know that's where I say, hey, I think alcohol is repulsive. <laughs> I, like to myself personally, I don't drink alcohol. I think it smells bad. I just think it's so gross. Oh no. That's okay. We have, yeah. I I enjoy alcohol. I think we've talked about this before, but we have. that's so interesting. It does have, I mean, it does have a, a distinct <clears throat> smell, but um, that's so interesting that the smell just, um, just like completely turns you off. It does. I'm like, it's not even something that's like even remotely interesting to me. Like I literally like recoil and make a face. And then I like, I do smell various alcohols just to see if something will be different. Mm-hmm. And it never is. <laughs> Well, because alcohol is alcohol, no matter what form. So I know, but that's also kind of like coffee for me. Like I, I have tasted coffee before and I just think I just don't like the underlying coffee taste. No matter how much sugar or chocolate you put in it, it still tastes like coffee to me. My yeah. sister, oh, she didn't drink coffee for a long time. Mm-hmm. And then after her third child, she was like, I need help. <laughs> so um, she would make coffee and she started putting hot cocoa mix but like it would be it would be like hot cocoa with like a splash of coffee just because it's sweet and chocolatey and just a hint of coffee. And now I think she can just pour the mix right into her coffee and drink it that way. So I was very proud. One time um, I came home for Christmas and we were in the car at one point and she goes, so I drink coffee now. Oh, you should have seen my face. I was so excited and proud. <laughs> actually i have had the um arby's frappuccinos but no the uh, what is it that's like the ice cream with the frappe like the frappe the mocha mocha i don't i don't know it's a coffee like flavored a, ice cream thing the frappuccino yeah yeah mm-hmm. i'm not yeah. a huge fan there's there is still that underlying coffee but it's okay i haven't had it in years because it's still ice cream and i can't have that i made a um chili one time that had two very interesting ingredients. In Did you it. put cinnamon in it? Put what? Did you put cinnamon in? Cinnamon? No. Yeah. Oh, I think. Uh, oh no, not in that <laughs> one. Um, no, the the ingredient. There were two strange ingredients in this in this chili. One was chocolate, just just a little bit of semi sweet chocolate. What? Mm-hmm. And the other one was coffee, coffee grounds, and it kind of helped deepen the flavor of the chili yeah it was super interesting but yeah there was coffee and chocolate in my chili I am so confused by that concept I know I know the thing is if you add the coffee though you have to add just a little bit of sugar just just a little bit of sugar because Mm. when you add the coffee it will add um, a little bit of a bitter taste to it so you Mm. have to you if you put coffee in like just the ground like not even like brewed coffee it's coffee grounds I usually use a fine a fine Mm. powder coffee but um but yeah the sugar helps cut the bitterness a little bit this has been cooking with Sarah um (laughs) next week you can find out more joys of cooking with chocolate (laughs) should we go into the espresso shot Yes, let's do it. Our espresso shot for today 
comes from John Paul II. It is Jesus who stirs the desire in you to do something great with your lives, the will to follow an ideal, the refusal to allow yourselves to be ground down by mediocrity, the courage to commit yourselves humbly and patiently to improving yourselves in society, making the world more human and more fraternal. Mm-hmm. I really, I really like that. Same. We all like, we all have something that we are working toward. We all have mm-hmm. this desire. Um, and it's Jesus who stirs those desires to do yeah. something great with your lives because Jesus, Jesus wants us to be happy. Um, mm-hmm. He wants us to do things that make us happy. He has a plan for us. Yeah. And I've heard many times before that if you feel like the desire for something or a longing for something, like whether it's a vocation, that's God calling you to that mm-hmm. thing, or right. it can be, we should always like seeking everything that is true and good and beautiful mm-hmm. that comes from Jesus who stirs that up in us. Yeah. No, I'm just kind of reflecting because that's just something that I've been dealing with a lot in the last couple months mm-hmm. and um, just like kind of feeling very mediocre in um, my life, in school, in just different areas and knowing that I am striving to for greatness. And I have had to humble myself and be patient while I'm improving. Mm-hmm. So I'm like reading this quote and I'm like, yeah, that's that's been my life. Yep. <laughs> And Jesus is stirring my desire for something more and to be great and do mm-hmm. something great with my life. So this is me being very confused during life and be like, okay, I want to be great. I want, I want more, but what exactly is he asking of me and how am I going to get there? And am I following him? Like, am I following the right path that he's laying for me? Or am I following a path that I think is being laid for me, but it's not by him. Mm-hmm. So that's been something that's been going on. And that's just kind of something that I'm thinking about while I read that. I can't remember who said it, but um, the line that sticks out to me right now is you are not made for comfort. You are made for greatness yes. because it is hard. I like, I like what you said about pushing through even, even when it's harder. I like that line, especially in that quote, the refusal to allow yourselves to be ground down by mm-hmm. mediocrity. Cause I feel like that's the temptation in society. A lot is to just kind of go with the flow and do what mm-hmm. other people say. And it takes a lot of courage and mm-hmm. willpower <clears throat> to say no to that and to try and stand firm. Something that I deal with sometimes when I feel very mediocre is to just be, rip myself to shreds and feel like, and not try to fight to overcome me- mediocrity, but just kind of like throw myself a pity party and like, oh, I'm so mediocre. Like maybe I should just quit. And, so, and then I have to like change my mindset and be like, no, you're going to become better and become like, you're going to overcome mediocrity and be, and strive for greatness. You're going to learn. You're going to really put your nose to the ground to the ground and really work for this and really educate yourself and become better. It's also kind of like there's a beautiful quote called um with great power comes great responsibility. Isn't that? <laughs> That's Uncle Ben to Spider-Man. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but it's like with great power comes great. Like it's hard. It's a it's a hard thing to have to try and do to stand firm. But it's it's a good thing to do. It's something that we should do to stand firm in that in that yeah. strength and that will to do it. But it's also like it doesn't mean it's easy. Yeah, and I think that really also applies to um, holiness. With holiness yeah. comes great responsibility. In striving to become holy, that's a responsibility. I like that line of just like yeah that call to greatness mm-hmm. um, and it's Jesus who stirs that desire um, to be to be more um, yeah. than just mediocre so yeah yeah oh my Good gosh one. thank you Pope John Paul II 
Yes. Your words of wisdom. Saint. The great saint. Saint, saint yeah. Pope John Paul. Yeah. What are we calling him? Saint Saint Pope John Paul the Great? Saint, saint John Pope Paul John the Paul great. II the Great. We know and love you. Even if we can't quite get your name straight. Today, Mora is going to kind of share with us sort of her like personal journey, her her discernment, where she's been, where she's at right now. Um, so she's going to share with us a little bit of her experience in discernment and single mm-hmm. life. So I'm super excited to hear about this. So go ahead, more. Thanks, Sarah. So I guess as a high school student, I felt like at 14, I felt like I was called to marriage, called mm-hmm. to have children, and kind of thought it would happen within like 10 to 15 years. Mm-hmm. And so that was, I was 14. Here I am at 29. And not happening yet. Um, throughout college, I, so there's a lot of prayer discernment. Just like you know, when you get fed up with men and you're just like, Ugh. sometimes, yep. Men are like men, ew. <laughs> like not not because you actually are repulsed by men, but, or sometimes you are because like you meet some really gross ones that you're just like ew. But then there's the ones that you like, and then they're just like they're not really feeling you. You're just like I'm so fed up with this. So I've had I had those moments where I'm like, hey God can I just marry you instead and not have to deal with men? And then it's like, oh, I've been there. I've been there. Like, it's hard. <laughs> it's hard when you get frustrated, mm-hmm. um, especially uh, yeah. with, with whatever heads that up, whether it's a frustration with an individual person or just mm-hmm. sometimes even a story that you hear. And it's really easy to fall into the like, no man talk to me. <laughs> yes. <laughs> this ride is closed. <laughs> yeah. Yes. But I would go to adoration a lot. I was so I was one of that college student that went to adoration like a few times a week actually, and I would actually like to go there around one a.m. when it was like really quiet. There would be nobody else there, and I'd just be praying. I remember one time I was there, and I felt this. Um, so it was actually a really interesting time. Um, so it was storming pretty bad, and this mm-hmm. adoration chapel is on the lake, and so it was really I was like really anxious just about life in general. And there's this huge storm. And then I entered the chapel and suddenly it was calm and peaceful and everything just stopped. I took my worries to God. I was like, so actually, my worries kind of extinguished when I'm walking in. It was just very warm and you could see the waves crashing up, but it, everything was still. Mm-hmm. And it was it was beautiful. And you could see the like God's strength in the waves. Like, okay, God can, God can do that. God can make the waves that big that they can go all the way up and be crashing against this window. I was praying. I'm like, God, like, I just want to be united with you. I just want to be married to you. I want to be united with you. He's like, no, you're not going to be married to me through single life or religious life. Your only way to marry me is through another man. And I'm like, well, okay. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, sir. (laughs) I felt my heart stirring and I heard it sing. And it was this like euphoria and I was 21, I was 21 or 22. So my heart is like opening up in my chest. It felt like, and it's like, I could hear this singing coming out. And then this little old lady comes in and I'm just like, she has no idea that this is happening. And she's just praying over like across the aisle for me. And I'm just like sitting there, I'm just like loving God. It's just united with God in that moment. God is just telling me, it's like, no, this is your vocation. It's for marriage. I, sometimes I have to remember that because there are times when I do question things. I'm like, okay, did it change? There have been, I mean, I've had a number of guys throughout the years that have been interested or that have tried to pursue me and I was either not interested or they just really weren't the right fit. I was like, eh, no. And that's when you feel really bad because you're just like, I mean, I'm a devout Catholic and because all of a sudden it's a deal breaker for me. 
because there have been a number of guys that haven't been Catholic. And I'm still friends with them, some of them anyway. But then there's been the guys that I've liked that have been like, no. <laughs> and it's just like, well, this is fun. <laughs> or like, you know, the people that like just you both show interest in each other and nobody makes a move. <laughs> yeah. So I guess now it's just it's a very interesting process with discernment because when we do meet somebody that we find interesting, there's sometimes there's the discernment of like, okay, should I date them? Or like, if you're friends with them, be like, okay, do I want to try that and ruin, like possibly ruin that friendship? Because mm-hmm. in my own life, there's been different things that I have like discerned dating different people. And sometimes it's like, God's like, hey, this is a person that it doesn't matter if you do or don't date them. Like nothing bad will come of it if you do or don't. Mm-hmm. This is your decision to make. Like, cause there's been so many men that like, I've been like, okay, I really want to date them. Like I want to date them. And then God like interceded and it was like, no, you will not date them. Yeah. <laughs> like, and it's like, there have been like roadblocks. I'm like, okay, I guess like God was really saving me from that person. So when those moments come of like, you see someone who maybe catches your attention, you're like, oh, I want to, or maybe be interested in like opening the door mm-hmm. with this, with this person. And you hear that like, you know god's voice of wisdom saying nope nope more not for you what there do you is no, but that's no something voice. That you, <laughs> there's but no voice he just doesn't let it happen <laughs> yeah but the, but like what do you do when you're like but he's i like i like him <laughs> um in those situations you're just kind of like but why <laughs> right or like how do you not i guess like if you have a, like a solid message from god saying no this isn't where i want you to go mm-hmm. But it's still somewhere that you would like to to be. (laughs) Like, how do you basically not act the way you want to? I actually haven't really had that experience. Mm. It's been, um, it's like discerning if I can have feelings. And then there's the point where like the feelings linger long enough that I'm like, you know what? I don't care anymore. I just want to be happy. I just want to be with them if they're interested in me. And then God is just like, I could like it's in hindsight I can see God working in the bathroom and be like yeah that's not gonna happen mm-hmm. <laughs> like I'm gonna protect you from this and uh, that's a hard pill to swallow you're just like yes but then you can like it's not till after the fact that I'm like okay God was saving me from that so then yeah how do you handle that disappointment like maybe that initial disappointment of like something that you want to go after and and you hear you know God leading <clears throat> you a different way how do you handle like because like i I've been here too, where like yeah. when you when you get that kind of confirmation, like there's disappointment because it's something that you're working toward and it's something yeah. that you desire. And when you see an opportunity for that and God says no, there's mm-hmm. like there's disappointment there. How do you how do you work through that? A lot of prayer. Yeah. Like just I'm someone that any struggle I've ever had, I've taken it to God in prayer and just kind Mm -hmm. of cling to him. And especially if I'm confused with him, like I'm the kind of person that like maybe in my human relationships, I might not always confront them or be Mm -hmm. like, sometimes I might need a little bit of space, but with God, I always just go to him. And sometimes I like, I feel like I'm, it's like being a child that's a two-year-old trying to beat up their dad. You're just mm-hmm. like, why can't you let me have this? Yeah. And I'm just like, God, come on. <laughs> like, Because <laughs> I've never run away from God. I mean, I, I mean, I run away when I sin, but that's not me trying to run away. That's me being like seduced by other things that aren't him. And then I'm like, oh, that's pretty. And then I'm like, no. Yeah. <laughs> and then okay. I run back. I'm like, oh, God, I did a bad, I did bad. I'm going to come back to you now. Because there was someone that I dated very briefly. 
I was friends with them and they were someone that like, cause I had been praying. I was like asking for St. Joseph to help me um, just in like meeting a nice man. And then it was kind of like, Hey, there's this person in your life. And I was like, I don't know. And then um, I felt God here. Like I heard God just kind of say like, Hey, there's no right or wrong answer to this. Mm-hmm. And because sometimes God leads you places, but that doesn't mean that it's like, this is it. Like, Mm -hmm. this is, this is for sure the end game. It's kind of like, hey, this is here for you. Like, I'm leading you here for you to explore this. And maybe you'll learn something. Yeah. Kind of how I've learned with discernment is that sometimes it's not like, oh, you are like, you are going to like, (laughs) you're going to marry this person that you want to date. It's more of like, hey, maybe God led you to them so that you could learn something and be and shape you for the person that you are meant to be with. Yeah. Kind of like, um, like a stepping stone. Yeah, on your path. like a stepping stone. Like you need, you need to learn this, this thing. I don't know. A good message that God wants us to help learn, so that way that prepares you for the right person. Yeah, yeah. Because I'm definitely not the same person I was before mm-hmm. that happened. And other places that I've discerned in my life is like going back to school. And I'm a graduate student. And there's been a lot of discernment in the last several months of like, as the more that I'm working towards the degree of whether or not this is what I'm supposed to do mm-hmm. or if it was just a place that I was supposed to learn something. And there's been a lot of leaving it up to God because I dealt with a lot of clinging to things I wanted and trying to control. And God is like, yeah, this isn't going to jive. <laughs> <laughs> I am like, cause in the last few months I had to let go of things. I had to let go of that. My grandma would be at my graduation or mm-hmm my grandmother ever meeting the man that I end up marrying. Mm-hmm. And that was a huge struggle because I was on dating apps. They were awful. Oh, yeah. <laughs> when you meet a bunch of weird guys that say weird things to you or like ask you for your bra size or. Ooh. <laughs> yeah. Or oh. just various things. And you're just like, is this really what men are? Like, but you know, it's not what men are because you have good men in your life that are like, these solid God-fearing men that are seeking holiness and running after it. They're not like being distracted by other things. They're running after holiness and you know that there are good men and you, they, the men hear about these stories and they're just like, I'm so sorry for the sake of all men that you are mm-hmm. having to deal with this. <laughs> like, I'm so sorry. And I'm like, yeah, but because I know you, I know that men aren't all like this. Not all, like there are great men. Yeah. When you experience those things from other guys, like I, I feel like... <laughs> That should be like common knowledge. Like guys don't ask for things like that. And not all men are like that. And so I know. So when you find a man who mm-hmm. is, has good virtue and has mm-hmm. like, would never ask you a question like right, that. Right. You want to, you know, there is that. And like, um, ooh. Right. It catches your attention. Like, you're, and you're cute. Like, <laughs> because when you, when you have guys like that, ask your, ask thing, ask you thing like that. It's so discouraging. Like this mm-hmm. is what I, this is what I am. I am dealing with this. <laughs> yes. And then there's the good men in your life. And they're like, why can't a good guy be going after me? Like, why? Like, where are the good men? Like, I know what, like, there are good men around me and we're just friends. Like, there's so many yeah. of them. And I just like, okay, like, God, are you going to send a new guy or are you going to send one of these guys? Like, yeah. I don't know what you're doing. There's a little bit on a, on a slightly different topic have you ever made a decision where you're like hey I'm going to do this or I'm not going to do this and you start you you go with that decision and then maybe later you sort of feel like a sense of almost like remorse 
kind of like buyer's remorse, except it's decision remorse. Have you ever felt worried that you made the wrong decision on something? And how do you, like, you're like, maybe this is not what God had planned for me. Maybe this is something that I should have done differently. I mean, I dealt with that with school. I've dealt with that with, like, just how I react to things sometimes. I'm Mm -hmm. like, oh, because I can be loud and I can get excited. And then I'm like, ooh, was that off-putting? But I don't think I've ever made any big decisions besides mm-hmm. school. But even with that right now, it's still slightly where I'm like, is is this what God wants from me? Um, and mm-hmm. it's something that I'm still praying about just because I think it's that sometimes when you start going after a career, it's not everything you thought it would be. Mm-hmm. So then, and then you might have to like do some adjusting, like, okay, maybe there's some things that I need to tweak or like, maybe this isn't the right fit for me. Then sometimes I'm like, not seem peaceful. Yeah. <laughs> maybe I should go join them. And then I'm like, that's not really a good reason. Because then mm-hmm. I do think that we sometimes romanticize religious life because we're so just sick of the dating world and not entering our vocation yet. We're like, oh, that seems like an easy out. Like, oh, that looks like it's fun and peaceful. And then you're like, no, actually they are married to God. And that's actually not an easy task. Cause I've heard different um, sisters and nuns be like, oh yeah, this is not easy. <laughs> and you don't just become a nun or a sister just because you're sick of men. <laughs> that's a really bad reason <laughs> to join. Oh gosh. Yeah. Yeah. Please don't do that. Because that is, that, that is a true calling. It's not just something you do just because you need something to do or mm-hmm. because you have this idea of what their, that life is like. And I think that marriage is also romanticized because there are some really tough times in marriage. And I think we both know that because we have friends, we have family that are married and we've heard stories and it's like, Hey, it can be really rough sometimes. And you lose sleep when you have children. Oh, and gosh, yeah. <laughs> I can't speak personally to that as a as a nanny because I give the kids back at the end of the day and then I can Mm -hmm. get a full night's sleep if I want to but I Mm. oh my gosh but I yeah my nanny mom sometimes will tell me like I'll walk in the door she'll be like oh yeah this child's been up since 4 a.m which means that she's been up since 4 a.m oh no because like you can't just leave them unsupervised and it's a special Uh, time I'm sure and then because I had a friend that was asking me about my um just my life and my discernment with different with dating and stuff because he was someone that he would discern but he would like okay I'm going to marry this person and I'm like how about you discern if you want to go on a date with them (laughs) yeah I'm like no 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 this isn't how it works it's like a first date's a first date like each date is deciding like, okay, do I want another date? Mm-hmm. And I think that uh, some Catholics can really take it too seriously. Yeah, sometimes. Yeah. And I mean, sometimes I take it too seriously. Sometimes I like, I want like a little bit more information before I even go out with the guy. Like, okay, how many children do you want? <laughs> <laughs> sometimes I, I'm more in the camp of like, when you know, you know, and that could be like a few dates in. I think first dates, especially like, also when I hear like first date, my mind initially mm-hmm. goes to the me and greet date off of a dating app versus like somebody that you know in person and like you know them a little bit and then they ask Mm -hmm. you on a date I feel like that doesn't happen as often anymore or it's not as common as like right I'm literally getting emails from Catholic Match right now And I went inactive on Catholic Mass. Valentine's Day is coming up. Like so a couple gotta, days. Yeah. I went in. Yeah, I went inactive on Catholic Match um, 
two months ago. So that was something I had to discern was I was having so much anxiety from all the notifications. And just mm-hmm. because it was kind of like being at a party where most of the guys are just like really weird. And mm-hmm. like, and then for you enter the party and you don't know the guys are weird. And then they start talking to you. And then the more guys that are talking to you, you're like, the majority of these men are really weird or they're not doing anything besides saying hi to me. <laughs> But yeah, I decided to stop those because I had so much anxiety and stress just getting notifications. I mean, like, it's kind of like that anxiety of like, is this going to be another weirdo? And I didn't like the attention. It is hard, especially if it's not the right time, which Mm -hmm. kind of seems like that was kind of where um, Mm -hmm. it was going to be my next question is... If you are at a point where you don't feel good about dating, or maybe that's because like there's something else for you, you want, you know, maybe God wants you to table that for right now and focus on something different. And so when you feel that calling of maybe being impatient, or maybe like we were talking earlier about going through phases where we're just kind of like not feeling the man love. We're feeling it a little way to say that, but like (laughs) not wanting to be in a dating relationship right now. How do you? try to focus on, okay, let's put dating off to the side mm-hmm. for right now. Cause it's not the right time. How do you stay <clears throat> open to like, okay, well, if I'm not supposed to focus on this right now, right, what right. should I be focusing on? Well, I, that's actually very perfect for right now because in this phase of my life, I, um, I found that my focus needed to go towards school and towards my grandmother mm-hmm. and then building and foster like, um, like kind of like growing my in my friendships um so I felt like I was neglecting those and you need those yes and okay so my grandmother is 95 and a half wow yeah wow grandma that's a good that's a huge milestone that's amazing (laughs) yeah yeah and her birthday is actually the day after mine so I had to make peace with the fact that like because I I had a self-imposed timeline that I needed to have met the guy and be married before she dies like the weirdest thought to enter my brain to try to conceive of is my grandmother not being here anymore. So I really had to like set aside the idea that she will meet that guy mm-hmm. because I was like, cause I was really trying to meet somebody. I was like, okay, let's meet somebody before she dies. Right. Speed this and, process up. Yeah. Yeah. And I was like, this is the only thing I control. Like I can't control her dying. I can't control these other areas of my life, but I can control dating and I can like t- talking to as many guys as I can. But then trying to do that, it was God's like, no, 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 no. This is not what you're supposed to do right now. Mm -hmm. And I felt that because of the anxiety that I had. And I was like, okay, I don't think that this is helpful for my health. I think I need to set table this. And I do need to just enjoy the time that I have left with my grandmother and focus on school and my friendships. In terms of friendships, particularly my single friends, Mm -hmm. the ones that are available, the ones that can relate to me. It's kind of how we became friends because my married friends, they are just in this other dimension, I guess. And as they should be. Yeah. Yeah. Like that is absolutely what you're called to be. But it is Oh, absolutely. Yeah. But it is hard when you, you know, they are a little bit on like what you said like a different dimension almost Mm -hmm. it can be a lonely feeling so yeah yeah definitely especially because I see the fruits that they Mm -hmm. have and I'm jealous of them right now Mm -hmm. I'm in a place of jealousy and I'm trying to pray with that and be like okay because there's times where I'm like maybe I'm just meant to be single and then I have that jealousy I'm like okay God let's pray with this and let's see what God's trying to convey with this and like what to do with this and that's hard I um yesterday I cried over it (laughs) oh 
sometimes I cry over things and I'm just like, okay, God, let's just, let's just feel this today and let's just cry and like embrace this because if I don't, then I'm probably not going to be great later. <laughs> um, but I was just on the, fa- the phone with a friend of mine and I was dealing with um, some, I was having some sad girl hours yesterday and I was just like, yeah, I'm just like not happy. And I was talking to her and then she's like, yeah, my husband and my sons were about to settle down for a movie about an hour and we're just going to really have some cozy time. And I'm like, we are in different places. She's like, we are. Yeah. And that's okay. Like, that's, yeah, that's okay. But yeah, it's hard. It's hard to relate to somebody when they're leading just a little bit of a different life. Than you. Yeah. And it was also kind of like, there's that morning of being in a different place from your friends and not the fact that they're in a different place, but that there's this like kind of a disconnect in your lives. And you're like, oh, we used to be on the very same similar places. And now it's like, there's this, this disconnect. And you're just like, oh, wow. Like you really are not here anymore. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's an interesting place to be. <laughs> It's so weird because I, I don't know about you, but I grew up when you, when we learned about vocations in school, mm-hmm. there was the vocations of married, religious or single life, but mm-hmm. single really life talk- is yeah, it's not talked about much. Right. And it's also the idea that single life is not a permanent vocation. I think that's a confusing one for me because I'm Irish Mm-hmm. and Ireland had a potato famine they were in extreme poverty and if someone couldn't afford to have children they didn't get married because there are a lot of Irish people that are perpetually single that die single so that's something that I was a little bit unfamiliar with I guess I didn't need to be taught about single life as a non-temporary um, vocation because I saw it as a vocation being lived out by relatives and of course that could always change but it was just something that I guess wasn't unfamiliar to me. But now that I am older, I'm like, okay, this is, I wasn't expecting this phase for myself. You know what I mean? Yep. And then comes that like, oh, I'm still here. <laughs> yeah. Or it's it's hard to live life and to plan for mm-hmm. life when you're in that trend. Because it is, you know, when you think of like being single, like you're like, well, it's a transition and you're not necessarily putting your life on hold or like, mm-hmm. you know, but it's, it is kind of hard to plan when you don't know what's going to happen or like for me I'm kind of like I've never been a here's my five-year plan I've <laughs> never been I. like that before <laughs> no that that is not who I am but I right. I so I don't ha- like I've never been a, a super futuristic person but mm-hmm. it is also kind of hard to plan ahead or to try and figure out what your next step is when you're just not sure what's going to happen. Right. Right. And I think that part of the struggle for me right now is that I feel like school has put a pause on Mm -hmm. fulfilling my vocation. And that's something that I'm kind of grappling with right now. Like, okay, this is something I, I just finished a Marian consecration and once, so I consecrated fulfilling my vocation to Mary and I consecrated my desire for uh, a man that I could be a respectable, holy man Mm -hmm. that I could be interested in to pursue me. I consecrated Mm -hmm. that. Like a good holy man that would be a good husband and a good father to children. And I feel very at peace now that I've done that. Well, because you kind of take it, take it off of yourself and you consecrate it to Mary. That means you give it to Mm -hmm. her or you entrust it, that intention to her to bring Mm -hmm. to the Lord. Mary is a solid intercessor. I love her. I love her. (laughs) So what is, what is involved? Because I've never done one. What, what all is involved with a Marian consecration? Um, There is various books. I did 33 Days to Morning Glory. My friend Trisha recommended it. She, um, she did it herself. And then she ended up engaged 11 months after the fact. Oh, wow. And so there's 33 days 
of a retreat okay it's like it's a book retreat and um there's like about like one to two pages maybe two and a half that you read and you pray with and then 33 days so that's the retreat and then the next day is the consecration and i believe that you get you have like a chain with a medal miraculous medal i did not get one you do confession you try to go to mass you write out the prayer and you sign it. I did not do that yet. So that's something I still mm-hmm. have to do. I just, yeah. I just finished it on Tuesday or Wednesday. Yeah. But as you're going, I actually had a really difficult time reading through Mother Teresa's part because she was very close to Jesus mm-hmm. and she really embraced the suffering. And I was like, when I was reading that, I was like, yeah, I'm really not embracing this suffering. <laughs> like, I'm, like, I can, I'm like, I was just like, yeah, we are not the same person. Oh no. And then the next day there was some, they were talking about how like, none of us are really like mother Teresa and embracing our suffering. I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> like, that made me feel better. I was just like, oh, okay. I'm not bad. But I was just like, no, I really don't embrace this. Yeah. And then in like, in the back of the book, there are various devotionals. Um, they do recommend that you do say a like um, a Marian prayer and I am a big fan of the rosary I pray the rosary almost every day oh that's awesome I try I try it's something that's really gotten me through a lot Um, the Marian doer of Nats Novena that is actually um, the version that I pray actually involves the rosary and penance Mm-hmm. If you're ever struggling with something in your life, like your vocation and discernment, and you have some knots in there, pray that, and the knots will come undone. <laughs> <laughs> Unless the knots are like really severe, then maybe you need to work on some other stuff. Yeah. Do you know? Are there any books that you would rec- like? Have you done any reading, or like, are there any oh, other like yes books or anything that you've read on the yeah, topic of discernment? So, yeah. So I was recommended by um, the discernment person. <laughs> <laughs> for my diocese when I was about 22 or 23 to read um, Timothy Gallagher, Timothy M. Gallagher, um, Discerning the Will of God. And in reading that, because there was various stories of married people, single people, people in religious life, priests, nuns, sisters, and each story kind of really reinforced for me that I feel called to marriage. But it will, I think that it's going to reinforce whatever your vocation is. So it's not like for me, I read it, I'm like, oh, marriage. And somebody else will read it and be like, oh, I want to join this convent. Yeah. <laughs> or like, I want to join this order or join like my diocesan priesthood. And then I also read this book by Bob and Penny Lord. So I read the male, the, the book that they wrote on male saints. And then I read the book that they had on female saints. The male saints made me want to go <laughs> and become a hermit in the desert. Yeah. Because <laughs> oh, that sounds so peaceful and holy. <laughs> and then I was telling the priest that he's just like, you could do that. <laughs> I'm like, eh, that sounds awful with other women. <laughs> Oh no. Men are just so much fun, more fun. But I think that's also part of how um, I've noticed that I get along really well with my male friends. Like I have really solid male friendships. I think the guy over here would agree that I'm recording in his house. <laughs> he's like, he's smiling and nodding his head. So my father had discerned the priesthood for seven and a half years. Oh, wow. While in seminary. Yeah, he was in seminary for seven and a half years. And something that he noticed about himself that I've heard from other people that had also discerned religious life, but then left was that they found the opposite sex in the building or like whenever they encountered the opposite sex, they would find it distracting and be like, oh, I want to go talk to them. My dad discerned out of um, seminary when um, there was this Orthodox priest that showed up and his uh, teacher was like, oh yeah, this is a priest. He's Orthodox. They're allowed to be married, but he chooses not to be. And my dad was like, well, would you choose not to be married if you could be but then that made him rethink what he thought about marriage because he always thought that priesthood was about celibacy like yeah, okay this is celibate marriage is for that so then he's like okay i have to rethink things and then he felt god tell him very clearly 
pat go home like he prayed about it but then he like heard that distinct call and then he met my mom a few months later after he came home from seminary yeah that's a huge that is a huge step to be in seminary Mm -hmm. for seven and a half years and like because that's not something he could I'm sure he took lightly of like you know he was probably planning even for his ordination at that time and it's like um actually he had about two years left Oh, two years left. Okay. Yes, because he I, was at a missionary seminary and they oh. required like the uh, they were in quarters, I believe. So or like trimesters. I forget. That's a big choice to make, especially after being in for so long and like preparing yes. yourself. And I feel like at that point, really accepting for yourself like that this is like almost almost not quite yeah. but almost the point of no return and I do think that sometimes you have to understand that until you've made the vows it isn't the point of no return okay I'm just gonna cover this right now my sister was engaged and they broke up five days before the wedding oh gosh because yeah. they were like they're like we have not made our vows yet and they they had this like they were like this this isn't right and because they mm. took it that seriously. I wouldn't normal. I wasn't planning on mentioning that, but like just the point of no return. I'm like, okay, actually, like we have to think about how, but until you've made your vows, right? you're not committed. And and better then than making those vows mm. and finding out later, this is not what you were supposed to be doing. Yeah. And I have also heard the story of um someone that was discerning, uh, I think at a convent and I think their spiritual director or like the mother superior was like, hey, we're not sure if this is right for you. You seem very like you really enjoy your conversations with the men around here when like there's men around and they're like fixing things like you really enjoy talking to them. Maybe that's your vocation is marriage. And that's something that like whenever I do wonder if like I got my vocation wrong in discerning and then I'm like well part of it can come from like okay I am very attracted to like just the opposite sex and I find them very interesting and fun to talk to I think that there's a that you have to pay attention to those kinds of things and be like okay I think this is a sign that maybe this is where I'm supposed to go so moving forward for this Mm -hmm. week for our grounds to cover um and who's trying to maybe take a little bit of action in this next week, if you're discerning about something, it's something that you're struggling with to trust, to trust God and trust his will for you and his plan, asking for the grace. That's all you have to do is just like ask for grace, because I think it takes a lot of courage and grace to be open Mm -hmm. and to trust what God is trying to guide you to. Absolutely. Yeah. So just like asking for grace to be open and to trust God's will, maybe even offer a sacrifice for something. Like if you have something that you're, you know, you're trying to discern through, offer a quick sacrifice sometimes, not every year, but sometimes for Lent, instead of doing like one thing for 40 days, I don't know mm. if this is a if this is a good practice or whatever, but sometimes I pick one every week, like a oh, different really? thing for a week. Yeah. <laughs> and so um for the for the duration of Lent. And so it changed, you know, so I do a few things for Lent of just like some kind of sacrifice, mostly because I'm indecisive and I never know what to do. <laughs> so I just do everything that I want. So maybe that's something that you can do mm-hmm. or that we can do is to offer like offer a sacrifice yeah and then um and related related to that um fasting or as a part of prayer for what like Mm -hmm. because they do say that fasting is supposed to like kind of expedite your prayers maybe that's something that we all can do is do some fasting to fulfill our vocations like okay and i don't mean that and i really don't mean that lately i think that that sounded like a joke but it's really something that like i'm probably gonna do in the next week fasting is hard um at least it is for me i'm a grazer i'm a snacker one really cool 
whole piece of advice that I heard one time is mm-hmm. from, from a priest, and this is a pretty common practice, but to say or to pray three Hail Marys every day for your vocation is one mm-hmm. of the best things that you can do. If you don't know what your vocation is or whether you're discerning it, whatever the case is, praying three Hail Marys every day for your vocation um, mm-hmm. is something really good that you can do. And then I guess we'll just um, tack on there what I mentioned before about the Marian consecration of consecrating the fulfillment of your vocation to Mary. Yeah, that's good. Thanks for sharing that Marian consecration. Oh yeah, definitely. Yeah. And any books that we talked about we'll have listed in the description of the episode. Yeah. Well, thank you, Maura, for sharing your story and just like how you, how you work through things. I I think it's good to hear how you kind of have an idea of where you're going, but you haven't, it hasn't quite manifested yet. And that's, I think where the, you know, a lot of people are in process of is like, they have an idea or a sense of where they're going, but like, what do you do in the meantime? Right. And also kind of praying through when you're not there yet. And then you're kind of questioning if you are on the right track or if you're supposed to go somewhere else and you're like, okay, it's taking a while. Am I almost there? Am I on the right road at all? Or like, am I really getting a late vocation somewhere else yep so yeah thank you thank you for sharing thank you for your honesty and vulnerability so we'll we'll be praying for you um as you continue forward well thanks for listening guys we'll catch you next week bye guys bye (laughs)